0: Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com. It's Friday, January 26th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Missouri Governor Mike Parson delivered his final State of the State address this week, one of his priorities this session is passing legislation to make child care more accessible.
1: I think that's a priority that helps Missouri. I, have, I think it helps our economy. I think it helps our businesses, and I think it
0: helps families. Coming up, Parson speaks with St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum and Sarah Kellogg about what he wants to accomplish this year and his legacy. As the governor outlines his priorities, the infighting among Missouri Senate Republicans is prompting a prominent member to consider expelling the leader of the Freedom Caucus. The Missouri Independent reports Senate Majority Leader Cindy O'Loughlin says she would vote to expel Senator Bill Eigel. That would require 23 votes in the 34-member chamber. O'Loughlin says she would need support from Democrats. Senate Minority Leader John Rizzo says he will not recommend an expulsion vote to his caucus. Igel is a gubernatorial candidate. He leads a group that has filibustered several times since the session started this month. They are holding up business until members pass a plan to make it more difficult to change the state constitution through the initiative petition process. St. Louis police are investigating the theft of $50,000 worth of catalytic converters from vehicles belonging to the city's water department. St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Lipman reports. Police responded to the water department's pipe yard in the Forest Park Southeast neighborhood early on the morning of December 21st. Four department vehicles had had their catalytic converters stolen. The SLMPD had also gotten a report from the same lot a few days earlier for the theft of 10 catalytic converters. Public Utilities Director Kurt Scobie says having 14 vehicles out of commission did not directly affect customer service.
1: It made things. Complicated. When you come in in the morning, and you have to rearrange what vehicles people are driving.
0: SCOBY says the people responsible for the thefts cut the fence. The Water Department has made some changes to security at the lot, but Scobie would not be specific. I'm Rachel Lippman, St. Louis Public Radio. Attorneys for a man convicted of a 1998 murder say they are worried he will not be alive for the St. Louis County prosecutor to finish reviewing the case. Wesley Bell has hired an outside law firm to look at claims DNA evidence excludes Marcellus Williams as a suspect. But a decision by Governor Mike Parson to dissolve a board that was also looking into the evidence means the Missouri Supreme Court could set an execution date at any time. Bell has asked the court to wait. How many times there's, these requests have been made, I, I'm not aware of. Uh, what I'm looking at is what is the right thing to do in this particular matter and we believe this is the right thing to do. Williams's attorneys are also challenging Parsons' decision to dissolve the board. Affinia Healthcare has received a nearly $390,000 federal grant to help Afghan refugees navigate the healthcare system. Information sessions on nutrition, food resources, and WIC services will take place through the end of the summer. Physicians will also teach weekly wellness classes. Affinia President and CEO Dr. Kendra Holmes says newly arriving refugees need the community's support to help start their new lives. It's difficult enough for people who were born in this country, who speak the language, to navigate our health care system. Imagine if you're just arriving. The healthcare education initiative will run through September. The St. Louis Public School District is launching a reading campaign with the city libraries to ensure all students are literate. The Central Library will hold a kickoff event tomorrow. As St. Louis Public Radio's Andrea Henderson reports, city educators say literacy for the Lou could help make reading more accessible and fun.
1: The
2: literacy campaign will provide reading materials for parents to help children outside the classroom. It
0: also will offer a passport program where students can win prizes for reading. Kenya Womack is a fourth-grade teacher at Milanfi Elementary.
3: Every aspect of reading applies to everyone. How to read does. But what I found, music, poetry, hands-on, all those different things are the best thing for our
0: students. Melanfi 5th grader Cecilia Morocco said the literacy program will motivate students.
3: I think
2: it will help a lot of kids who like don't feel like reading. Like with this passport,
0: it'll guide them to more reading. The district plans to give away thousands of books to keep kids reading year-round. I'm Andrea Henderson, St. Louis Public Radio. Arch Madness will be back in St. Louis at least for the next four years. The Missouri Valley Conference says its tournament for men's basketball will be played at the Enterprise Center through at least March 2020. The contract includes a possible extension to 2030. Missouri Governor Mike Parson delivered his final State of the State address this week. He outlined this year's budget priorities and some of his accomplishments while in office. St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Kellogg and Jason Rosenbaum sat down with Parson to talk about his priorities this year and his legacy.
2: You mentioned during your speech an almost overwhelming amount of things that you've done throughout your tenure as governor, and you also alluded to how some of those decisions were not universally beloved by everyone. How do you balance doing things as governor you feel are necessary and right, but may make a lot of people upset?
1: I remember sitting at this very table that we're sitting at today with you, that we basically said, what really makes a difference in people's lives? that we could do in this administration. And we really went with the infrastructure and workforce development. We know neither one of them were political issues, that they were gonna be good for everybody. So I I think that's the reason we made those a priority and stayed with them. We know there's always gonna be hot button political issues when you talk to the issues of today that will always disagree between Republicans and Democrats. But we were really trying to find the, I I wanna say the sweet spot a little bit, what is it we can work with both sides of the aisle to really move Missouri forward? And I think we did.
2: Regarding your state-of-state the State address, there was some criticism from more conservative Republicans in the Senate. That there isn't a plan to reduce spending within this budget to make the government smaller. What do you have to say about those comments?
1: Well, I think we actually have done that. We've done it three times. We've cut income taxes three times in a row, and you put money back in people's pocket. But I also think, uh, you know, that, that when you say that, you're not taking into consideration you're, you're growing. You know, when all of a sudden your revenues go up 40%, you are going to spend more money, just like a normal person does.
2: The past few State of the States that I've covered with you, it's always really laser-focused on budgetary proposals. And this year you asked for policy in the form of Representative Brenda Shields and Senator Lauren Arthur's child care tax credit program. Why did you single out those bills? What makes child care such an important issue for you?
1: The reality of it is, you know, if you can't take care of that child in, in, in an adequate facility, you know, where do you go? So you've got to stay home, Or you gotta hope you got grandparents or hope you got friends, you got family members to do that. And or you try to take them somewhere wherever you can just get by. And I don't think that's always a good scenario to put a child in that position. So I think that's a priority that helps Missouri. I hope I think it helps our economy. I think it helps our businesses and I think it helps families.
2: Did you ever think that you would be in this position and how do you want to be remembered as governor?
1: I think a lot of things prepare you for this position in my lifetime. I think the gray hair portion of it. Was was a plus to be able to come in the way I come in. But I, t- I tell you what, I go back to uh, when, when I come out of the military, I was overseas for two years or for two tours of duty. And when I come back, I said I would never leave this state again because I love the people of this state and I love this state. And I've had an opportunity to, as governor of this state is really try to do the best thing for the people of this state controversy is always going to come with this job. No matter what you do, you're never going to make everybody happy. There's going to be different opinions. But I think at the end of the day, I hope people will look at it and try to say, you know, he did what government's supposed to. I might not agree with him all the time, but I believe he was really trying to put people first in this state and was trying to do the right thing. And I I hope that's kind of the way people look at it.
0: That was Governor Mike Parson speaking with St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum and Sarah Kellogg. Our Fred Ehrlich edited that report. Ferguson-born trumpeter Keon Harold got his first big break when rapper Common hired him for a national tour. Harold has since blended jazz with R&B, hip-hop, and other styles. His new album Foreverland features his lead vocals as well. Harold also works with younger St. Louis musicians as creative advisor to Jazz St. Louis. St. Louis Public Radio's Jeremy Goodwin asked Harold how his new songs reflect the musician's quest for inner peace.
3: We look for it outside of ourselves, but we need to know that we need to start from the inside, and from that we can project the beauty that we have inside, outside. Whatever that is for you to find your peace, you know, you've got to take that, because that inner peace allows us to connect with the outer world.
2: Many of the songs are credited to the whole group, so it sounds like it must have been a, a real collaborative environment in there.
3: Yep, an amazingly collaborative product. For instance, the song that I did with PJ Morton's Beautiful Day, I went to New Orleans, and PJ Morton sat at the piano, sat down next to him, and that song was was created there. Oh. Mantra, beautiful day because I said
2: it's that because I say part that's key, isn't it?
3: Absolutely, and we have the ability to shift things if we believe and we stand um, resolute. We have the ability, you know, to have a different outlook and we have the ability to move things forward in the way that we need for our own personal lives and our own personal journeys.
2: This is. um your first record since the, the 2021 incident in which a 22-year-old white woman falsely accused your son of stealing her phone in a New York hotel. That's something people learned about through a cell phone video that you were able to take. Show me the proof. No, I'm not letting him walk away with my phone. my phone back, And then hotel security footage backed up your story that she had attacked your son. Years later, how does that incident make its way into the emotional soundscape of the album?
3: All of my experiences, all of my feelings, all of my longings, all of my dreams—they all go into my projects. They all go into my music. They all go into my horn. They come from my, my heart. Each and every last thing, um, and that's the good, the bad, and the ugly. So I'm always trying to push each one of those things out.
2: Since 2021, you've been Jazz St. Louis' first creative advisor. I wonder how that's been going for you and what you've been able to do in that role.
3: Um, It's been a real honor being able to engage with the community, being able to engage with the young musicians, being able to go to different schools, being able to present new music and present new artists to the Jazz St. Louis community has been an incredible, incredible um, experience. I'm writing a piece to commemorate the three years that I've been there. So I look forward to presenting that in the last program of the season.
0: That was musician Keon Harold speaking with St. Louis Public Radio's Jeremy Goodwin. Our David Casares edited that report. This is the final episode with yours truly as the host of this weekday extravaganza. I'm moving to another position at St. Louis Public Radio after handling the early shift for nearly a decade. That's a long time, and it's provided opportunities to speak with some amazing people like this guy. Harley Leland Race. Yep, professional wrestling legend and Quitman native Harley Race. We stopped by his non-air-conditioned wrestling school in Troy, Missouri on a sweltering afternoon in late summer 2018. And as he moved around in a motorized scooter and puffed on several cigarettes, Race mentioned why he was training the younger generation. That gives me something to do other than just to sit there in the house and wait on myself to die. I think he was joking. Race died roughly a year after he let us hang out for the afternoon. Conversations with members of the greatest generation are always captivating. Elmer Baim shared his story in 2014. He served in Patton's Third Army, and his life was saved by a pocket mirror, which his dad carried in World War One. BAME was wounded when attacking a machine gunner. He
1: put me on the operating table and the surgeon said, Now, I know you got this wound. Have you got any others? I said, Yeah, check my rear end. Finally when I woke up I had all kind of patches on my rear end, the back of my leg, where the shrapnel had been cutting across me as
0: I was laying around. After the war, Bame became an engineer who worked for Monsanto. Ralph Goldsticker was a bombardier in World War II. His plane was hit during a flight over Munich, leaving the co-pilot with a softball-sized hole in his thigh.
3: At 27,000 feet and 40 degrees below zero, the blood froze, so it saved him. I held his, my hand on his thigh the last three and a half hours to keep the bleeding because as we lowered the altitude with two engines, uh, the temperature got warmer started bleeding again.
0: Goldsticker told us in 2018 that the co-pilot survived after four years in the hospital and 22 operations. Some lighthearted conversations over the years are also among the most memorable, like when City SC Sporting Director Lutz Vannenstiel gave us some time just a few weeks before the Major League Soccer team played its first game. We are willing to eat them alive. We are willing to fight. We are willing to scratch and bite. And this is how we want to define ourselves. Full disclosure i liked that quote so much i made it my ringtone and maybe the most memorable conversation was with earthbound beer head brewer danielle snowden who stressed last summer that a lot of her business is trial and error
2: i tried to homebrew a kale and cucumber beer and it was awful
0: <laughs> just some of the amazing people who have shared their stories over the past nine and a half years as I served as the morning news anchor, senior correspondent, and eventually host of The Gateway at St. Louis Public Radio. Thanks to all of them for their trust, and thanks to you for downloading and streaming this daily endeavor that has lasted for more than 1,000 episodes. Jonathan All takes the helm of the show Monday for an indefinite period. The Gateway is a production of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Theme music, as always, by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur, who I still have not met. I'm Wayne Pratt. So since it's Friday, Wayne Gretzky's birthday, and my final time as host of this weekday extravaganza, I figure, eh, what the heck. Let's go out with some Springsteen. Springsteen.